HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. The world changed in March 2020, and again in April, and then a few weeks later, yeah, more change. And it keeps changing, but I don't need to tell you that. You work in a bar or in a restaurant, and you thought before the pandemic that you had to deal with an ever-changing landscape. Post-pandemic, it's like we're all surfing an earthquake. But at least one change is presenting new opportunities for bars. In most of the world now, you can offer cocktails to go. Some friends have told me that's become something like 60% of their revenues. 60%. But how do you build a cocktail to go program? What do you offer? How do you receive orders? How are batch recipes different than single drink recipes? How do you ensure you're charging enough to make a profit? For answers to these questions and more, check out DiageoBarAcademy.com. Among their hundreds of resources, you'll find a profitability calculator and a helpful article titled The ABCs of Batching Summer Drinks. Check out DiageoBarAcademy.com for this and more. Stay informed, get inspired, and nurture connections to grow your career or your business by joining Diageo Bar Academy. Visit Diageo Bar Academy. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Visit today. It's completely free, and you will be amazed at all they have to offer. That's diageobaracademy.com. Log on now at diageobaracademy.com to raise the bar and enhance your career. Just Egg is better for you. And it's better for the planet. How? Well, they've just sold the plant-based equivalent of 100 million eggs. That's 100 million eggs that use 98% less water and 86% less land than eggs that come from animals. So if you do the math, that's 3.6 billion. That's billion with a B as in bonus. 3.6 billion gallons of water saved in terms of impact on the environment. It's as if you took 3,000 cars off the road for an entire year. So that's how it's better for the planet. Better for you? Well, that's the equivalent of 33,333,333 omelets that Chef Jose Andres would call 
mind-blowing. Heritage Radio Network is proud to partner with Just Egg. And if you run a restaurant and want to get in on all this good stuff, go to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. And you'll get a free sample of the fastest-growing egg brand on the market that's going to bring more plant-hungry consumers through your door. I am Lou Bank. I am Chawa Periwan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And this is the third of our three-part no-mini-series in which we ask, should I care that Gnome 199 may disappear? Now, if you listen to the early episodes, you know that Gnome 199 is that regulatory document that explains explains what a bunch of different kinds of spirits are that not only are made in Mexico, but are also imported into Mexico, right? Yes. And again, I want to start with a quote this episode, because again, I think it's going to give us a lot of structure. We happen <laughs> to interview Alberto Esteban Marin, who was the head of the regulatory like uh, the normative, it's so hard to translate this. Like the normative. He's the director general over all of the, the regulations that define what is what, the gnomes, in, under yes. the secretary general. Exactly. Oh, the secretary that. of the economy. Yeah. Yes. And he, we, we spent an hour talking with him about many things. He was the architect of this specific gnome. And he gave us a very interesting example to try to grasp its importance. So here we go. There was this producer that came and told us, I want to produce a Chile wine. And we said, wait, wait a second. If you want to call it wine, it has to be done with grapes. But he said, I want to do it with chiles. Well, you can't, but we'll find a way to give you access to the market. We'll call your product Chile Licor. We'll give a name to your product, but you can't use the word wine because wine is done with grapes everywhere else in the world. And I use this example because this producer had this exact problem. He had a bottle product that was great, but nobody dared to buy it because it didn't comply with any norm. Now he can say, I'm a Chile liqueur, I comply with the NOM 199, here is my certificate. And he's selling it. Before that didn't happen. This was one of the main reasons why we created this NOM. Well, so, okay, so A, that's it's, it's, uh, an interesting example, but B, people make wine out of other fruits than grapes. Yeah, but they don't call them wine. Yeah, no, they do. Where? How? Everywhere. You, you can make, you can make, you can make a peach wine, you can make cherry wine, you can make strawberry wine. There's like any fruit that is fermented that is not distilled can be called wine. Uh, maybe this is a super interesting translation thing because wine, uh, in in Spanish, vino, mm -hmm. it's it's uh, it's related to to the grape itself. Bid, bid is a synonym for for grape. Yeah. So if you wine doesn't have that connection with grape in English, so if in Spanish you are saying vino, the the word itself is describing grape. So if you're saying it's it will say like fermented grape peach. It'll, it'll, it'll make absolutely no sense. Okay, so so literally in Mexico, what he's saying is accurate. You can't call it wine because it's there's no grape. Yeah, it's not like saying spirit. It, like it's it's yeah, the word vino it ha it is connected to 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 grape, and it will be extremely confusing for the consumer if you were to have uh, strawberry wine. 
it's strawberry bino. Gotcha. So, okay. So we're talking now about this, this gnome though, that's going to disappear. So that means what for this Chile liqueur that he's talking about? Uh, yeah, more important that, well, yeah, let's check the, the specific sample he uses. The problem for this Chile liqueur is that they made a set of rules for that this Chile liqueur has to comply with in order to use this name. Right. In order to use the name chili liqueur, it still has this gnome 142 that it has to conform to in order to be uh, an alcohol that is sold on the market. Yes. And then it has to comply with 199 and they they work together. These two gnomes work together and they make sense within each other. The problem now for for this specific product is that now anybody, like if 199 uh, stops existing, anybody can come by, do something that has no chili in it, that has the most horrific, terrible, artificial chili flavor, throw it into some sugarcane alcohol and use that same name. Well, but I like you're the assumption that everything that uses natural chilies uh, with with aguardiente is going to be delicious, I think, is a, a false assumption. Yes, but let's then move on to another example. Let's talk about <laughs> agave spirits. Okay. So it is a fact that agave, it's more expensive to buy and process than sugarcane, correct? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So if you want to use the word agave spirit or destilado de agave to describe your spirit, you, the, the rules in, in, in 199 says that at least you had to use 51 percentage of the sugars used I, to make this spirit I think has to more, come from actually. agave. I think it's actually think, more than that. But anyway. Well, the, the thing is, it's trying to say, okay, if you're going to use this, this, this name that it's appealing for a certain market, you at least need to invest a certain amount of money into this ingredient that supposedly is giving the character to your product. Otherwise, somebody's going to come by by 99%, uh, and this is very common in a lot of the times that we go, when they sell you a 15 peso bottle of mezcal, it's 99% sugarcane, horrible sugarcane, uh, and as we say, pintado, painted with a little bit of agave spirit. So the whole point of wine 99 is that you cannot use certain names that are attached with a certain value without using the ingredients and some of the processes that, are, that, that, that give that value to that name or give that value to that product. Because otherwise, and, and, I, and I think this has happened to everybody that was my age, uh, before they will call destilados agave or even mezcal to stuff that was horrific and that was that was really misrepresenting the product, and well, that's why a lot of I, you know I, I hear that Chavo, but I also recall you telling me great stories multiple times about your college days when you would drink tequila and it made you sick, and for years and years and years you wouldn't drink tequila because of the experiences you had with awful tasting tequila. Well, that was middle school, and it, it was <laughs> at college. I didn't drink at all. I was an absolute nerd. But uh, and that had nothing to do with the quality of the tequila. Honestly, that had to do with being, you know, that age. And but are and, you are you telling me that that you've never had a tequila or mezcal that you thought was awful? Yes, but not as awful. And I have to say that not close as awful as the as the, as the things that mistress presented. Because they literally use the most horrific sugar. And I love sugarcane. I love some of the beautiful rums and charandas that come out of Mexico. 
But the people that are doing this, they're not using the quality sugar cane. They're getting the cheapest, most horrific alcohol they can find in the market. They're painting it with a tiny bit. I don't even think it's agave spirits. I'm sure they're using like some artificial flavor of agave. And they're selling it to, to people. And it's extremely confusing and it's damaging the reputation of these spirits. Oh, well, you know, I, I now you're talking about a marketing issue. And I honestly... <sighs> I just, I don't know how you can, re- you can regulate taste good, taste bad. I like, I just don't, but you know, I think the, to me, the really the fine point to this particular issue as to whether or not no one 199 disappears is, and, and it's it, it, at least in terms of our conversation, because what are we? We are a podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. So I come back to the question of how will this impact the jobs of Gringo bartenders. And the truth is, I'm not sure that it will. No, but if we, not in the practical immediate way, but I think a lot of the ways uh, things are perceived. Let let me put a pin in there. Yeah, yeah, let's be specific. Let's be specific. Yeah. yeah. There are so many chicken littles running around right now, now that this has been suggested that Gnome 199 is going to disappear, saying how it's going to literally... um, it was, it was going to decimate the market for uncertified agave spirits. And I've talked to multiple brands uh, who, who uh, export uncertified, uh, who export uncertified agave spirits from Mexico to the USA, who have said in no uncertain terms, this is not going to affect what we do at all. Every single one of them has said that to me. Nobody is at all concerned. Yes. In the very practical and immediate way it won't impact right no like they, they will they will be doing the same thing they were doing before so yeah. give me so give me the big butt the big butt for me is that a lot of the way uh a lot of the ways people get excited about certain spirits is when they travel to the place of origin and they get to try it and you have to agree with me that even today it's hard to find good mezcal in the street you go to oaxaca you go to mexico city you go to puebla and to discern what's the good stuff from the bad stuff, it's already extremely confusing. Sure. So I think that if 199 stops existing, there's going to be far more chances to find extremely, uh, and again, like, as you say, we cannot say taste good, taste bad, but you're going to find a lot more products that misrepresent what agave spirits are, what charanda is, what sotoli is. Well, not sotoli because it has to mention everything, but all these things that this nom it's trying to at least give the most, you know, this is like getting the, I don't know how you say that in English, but you know, when you were in elementary school and you just barely passed the exam, we will yep. say the panzazo, like just using your belly. Uh, at le- this is minimum requirements to at least not strongly misrepresent some of these spirits. You know, my head goes to the stories that popped up a couple few years ago about uh, gringos traveling down to Cabo and other resort Mexican communities um, and and dying or being made very, very ill by drinking um, uh, mezcal and tequila. And the stories, and, and there were a bunch of people from Wisconsin specifically um, uh, that that it happened to. People died from Wisconsin who went down to, to Mexico and drank this stuff. And there were a lot of stories in the Wisconsin press. You know, I'm here in Chicago. I see the Wisconsin press all the time. A lot of stories in the Wisconsin press about the dangers of Mexico. And so I, I, I understand the need for 
a regulation ensuring that everything is is nice and safe, but you've got these gnomes for mezcal and tequila that didn't keep it safe. And I would I would argue if you read the stories, it sounds to me like somebody at the resort was just pissed off about gringos coming down and partying and put drugs in in the booze. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a long time since those stories about like and even even uh, Roberto said that he said that when they implemented one in one ninety nine, forty percent of the alcohol that you will find in the market had been adulterated. How do you say that in English? Adulterated, adulterated, and that these drastically help with that problem. Uh, the other part that I that I need to say because I think it's important. You have to understand that a lot of the producers of agave spirits, a lot of the rural producers of these things, they they sell nationally. Their mm-hmm. biggest market is not international because that's 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 already crazy. So you in America are used to the weirdest things in the planet. You've had, had <laughs> Vietnamese, Filipino, uh, Romanian stuff getting to the U.S. for for centuries. Taco now. Bell. I, Taco Bell. <laughs> so you are not somehow you're not so conservative about that stuff. But I like the the restaurateur, the owner of a restaurant in Mexico. It's a lot more conservative, I will claim, than the owner of a restaurant in the United States when something new comes across that comes from rural Mexico, which is understood to be uh, less than ideal in all possible ways, in flavor, in safety, in in you know, like it has no. No credentials to validity in a way, so it's it's like going applying for a job without a degree, just saying like I just uh, finished elementary school. So these for these producers, they're selling nationally to these restaurants, which is which is for most of them they're a big source of their income. This is the piece of paper where they say, you know, the Mexican government certifies that I am safe, that I come from a tradition, and that I'm doing my that I'm not mislabeling this. That I'm not selling you something that uh, that 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 doesn't correspond with what with what says in the label. That's really interesting. So in essence, what the 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 disappearance of 199 might mean to the gringo market um, is that these little spirits that start bubbling up locally get enough attention that somebody from another market comes down to Mexico, tastes it, says, "Hey, this poche thing is pretty good. I'd like to bring it back to the USA." Um, they might never, they might never see Poche because Poche is not going to be accepted by the restaurant in Mexico city because it's not, there's no, no, where, where did you try your friend mezcal in a Mexican restaurant? Well, now I don't know if that's true, but, uh, <laughs> but what a lot of these guys, maybe they didn't try, but they fell in love with their first mezcales in Mexican restaurants yeah. because these Mexican restaurants, uh, Dad and Santos guys, they like Jaime always says that his biggest struggle for years was convincing the Mexican restaurants to buy him mezcal because they will they will shrug him always. Like, why are you selling me this trash? Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. So it's short term for the USA for the gringo bartender doesn't mean a lot, but long term it could if it's not replaced it by something. All these spirits that you still don't know about, you might not find them just because nobody's buying them in Mexico and you will never have the chance to try them. Interesting. Okay, I think I think we're going to call that a wrap, Java. I think that's good. Okay. <laughs> Adios, Lou. Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. 
sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at gavinroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. A Gabby Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.